welcome to the Chocolate Cake Bites podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss the sweet nuggets of goodness that come from living the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Ken Williams. The opinions, attitudes, thoughts, and ideas that we discuss are those of the hosts and guests and are not necessarily a reflection of the actual doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's conversation. Welcome back for another conversation about stuff, and because I like my sister more than I like my brother, we're going to just go with that for right now. We have with us Annette, who is oh here, <laughs> and CJ. Everyone. Oh, hi. <laughs> hi, CJ. <laughs> Welcome back. Thank you. So Annette's is sending us messages on Zoom. Um, I and I don't know. I don't. She went back into her closet. Speaking of closets, I'm in the closet. She's back in the closet. We're going to talk about offering validation. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you an experience that I had uh, last week. I think in sacrament meeting where there was somebody who um, I have learned, he's one of our elders quorum instructors. He was giving a talk and he likes to just go there wherever people are a little bit uncomfortable. And so he said, talking about the uh, recent letter from the, the first presidency in the quorum of the 12 apostles that they encourage members to get vaccinated and members to wear masks when they're in situations that does that don't allow for social distancing. And so he addressed that and he said, you know, I'm not sure how I feel about that. And he continued and it was, um, it was interesting as I kind of looked around and I saw the, some people are, I'm sure there are some people saying, yeah, you go. And other people are just cringing saying, oh, I can't believe you went there. So I'm not, we're not going to have a discussion about mask mandates and uh, (laughs) vaccination requirements, but we are going to talk about what if somebody has a, a a belief, or what if somebody struggles with a belief? What do we do if somebody presents an idea in a sacramenting talk or a lesson or even a conversation that I may not be comfortable with? So take it away, Annette. Have all the answers. <laughs> I love your your reaction, by the way. Oh, we're gonna go there again. <laughs> Just love everybody. No, just that's we've talked everybody. about that. So we're gonna we gotta have a longer podcast episode than just love everybody. Love everybody. <laughs> no, so actually, I had an experience the other day where I was talking with a friend about um, he. They actually had brought up the vaccine mm-hmm. and people reasons that people don't get the vaccine. And we were talking about all sorts of different reasons. And, and I made the comment of, I'm, it's, I'm frustrated by people that won't get the vaccine simply because they, because they're, they feel like they're getting told to. That's their reason. It's, okay. not, it's not a medical concern. It's not any other reason other than you can't tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And he challenged me on it. Somebody challenged you? 
right? Who does that? That's uncalled for. Who was it? (laughs) I'll tell you later. All right. And, and I thought I caught my, at first I was like, well, I can't believe he just challenged me on that. Right. It lasted about literally two seconds. And then I, I thought, why do I feel that way? Mm. Okay. Well, I feel that. And I said, well, let me explain why I feel that way. I feel that way because my dad is in an assisted living facility. My mom can't go visit him. And if people would just get the vaccine because it's like, they don't have issues getting all the other vaccines, you know, then, then maybe mom and dad could spend some time together. Right. And, and he said, okay, so we were, so I just said, well, let me explain. This is why I'm feeling this way. And he said, okay, that changes everything. When you say that way, if you just come out and say, everybody who doesn't get the vaccine has a dumb reason, which I didn't mm. say, first of all. Right. Um, and, and I thought, I, I've actually over the last couple of days thought a lot about that split second feeling of like, he challenged my belief <laughs> and why did I feel that way? Right. And, and then I can't tell him this, so I, I'm not gonna be able to share this episode with him, but, um, <laughs> you're talking about somebody he else. Was right. Just tell him that he was, it was somebody else. <laughs> yeah. It was, it wasn't you. It wasn't you. I know it was, um, but it wasn't he me. was right <laughs> by challenging me because I have made it very clear with this family. Like I want to be challenged because I'm trying really hard to keep an open mind Interesting. and understand that there's lots of other perspectives besides myself, but I don't know that everybody feels that way. I think a lot of times people want to be validated or told, you know, you're right for feeling that way. And everybody else is, is horrible, you know, whereas (laughs) I do have friends and associates that aren't vaccinated and I don't think poorly of them and they have their reasons. And I'm very respectful of that. And I was speaking in a moment of frustration for my own personal experience. Mm -hmm. But if he had said, you're right, they're all slime balls. The conversation would have gone a different direction. And my thought process would have gone a different direction where probably not a good direction. So different direction, not necessarily good direction. Um, interesting, interesting that the, the, the challenge was not, I was going to say it wasn't invited, but, and maybe it was, uh, it, in a previous, uh, part of the conversation or part of a different conversation. But, um, when, when we hear things that we disagree with, and specifically in a church context, because I think my experience has been many times in church, sacrament meeting, Sunday school, priest or relief study, we tend to be pretty safe. And and what I mean by that is we we tend to not rock the boat by sharing political ideas, um, social ideas, uh, and and maybe my experience is different than other people's. But but what does that do? What is the risk of having conversations where we where we tend to, to stay safe and avoid some of those those conversations? CJ, we used to when we were in the same ward back in the good old days, we used to <laughs> it was so great, by the way. We used to sit next to each other and just 
I don't remember if we necessarily said something, said stuff out loud, but there were times that I know we absolutely were rocking the boat, at least in our conversations with each other. Well, we got in a lot of trouble together. Um, <laughs> it was great, though. Oh, yeah. No, fantastic. <laughs> but I, I think the risk that you run when you have no challenges to our beliefs, whether they be um, spiritual-related or otherwise, is, is you're like one of these leaders that is surrounded by yes-men. Mm-hmm. And they never have anybody that, that says, well, let's look at it from this perspective or this perspective. And you, you're missing a lot of information um, and you're missing a lot of opportunities for growth if you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be the first one to say that I hate to be challenged. I hate it. Um, I hate it when somebody tells me I'm wrong. I hate it when people uh, start asking me why I believe uh, a certain way. Uh-huh. But oftentimes, if I let myself simmer down a little bit and think about it, um, then I have an opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. And I can say whether I agree with them or not in the end, it really doesn't matter, but it gives me an opportunity to think about things and either, at least in my own mind, validate my own position mm-hmm. or come uh, like Annette's and her friend, you know, come to an understanding like, hey, I never thought of it that way before. And you very well may have a valid point there. And mm-hmm. I understand. I think that's I think that's true. One of the things that I wonder about is as we keep our discussions safe in air quotes, um, are are we really keeping things safe? Um, I have a uh, an experience that that um, I remember teaching a Sunday school lesson where there was a a reference that somebody made to the proclamation and. There was an individual in the congregation in the in the class who's there were at least one of his children is uh, identifies as LGBTQ plus, and he had a very different understanding interpretation um, feeling about the proclamation than other people. So, setting that kind of as the, as the context, I wonder if as we keep things quote unquote safe, is it, is it really safe for somebody who has a different opinion or a different belief or a different experience to discuss their experience or to, to raise the questions that they may be struggling with? So I'm interested in, in your thoughts or observations uh, for either of those, Annette or CJ. Or Annette, or CJ. Well, I I think one of the things I was just thinking about is is people with questions, and if you have some questions, I'm thinking of the youth, or newer members, or even members that have been around a long time but that have been struggling with something. If we keep our conversations safe all the time, then I think a lot of them don't feel comfortable bringing up these questions that they may have had for fear of you know rocking the boat in a not good way Mm -hmm. or of 
of being ridiculed for their questions, like how dare you even question that? Right. When in reality, we should be saying, well, let's talk about it. Let's have a conversation about that. Mm -hmm. And let's go to the scriptures and, and see what the Lord has to say. So do you think in a situation like that, there really is a, uh, a desire to help people explore where they are maybe spiritually, or is it, is there an attempt to try and, and help people see the right answer? I don't know if that makes sense. So I would hope that we would give people an opportunity to explore and point them to resources that might help them make up their mind. Now, mm -hmm. whether they come to the same conclusion that I do is really none of my business. Okay. Um, you know, everybody has their right to decide what they want to decide on life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I show them where I got my information from uh, that helped lead me to my conclusions, and they go a different way, then that's fine. And that doesn't mean that we can't be friends or anything. It just means we agree to disagree on a certain topic, and I'm fine with that. Um, I, However, unfortunately, our society is going in a way where that's uh, not the case for a lot of people. And I think some people with questions are feeling uh, that they should keep their mouth shut and and maybe they fall away from the church because they never get that question answered, mm -hmm. and they don't feel comfortable asking. So that's kind of what I what I'm thinking about. I'd like to explore that a little bit. So what do we do when we have a situation like that where somebody is really struggling? They're actively pursuing some um, some question, or they're they're dealing with some element of their faith that is, is contrary to our personal belief. I, th I think, Annette, we've, we've talked a little bit about that. And what do you do? Suppose you're the teacher or, you know, you wouldn't have to be, but you're in, you're in, a, you're in the class and somebody brings up some, some idea that uh, just doesn't sit well with you. How do we, how do we respond to that and let them, I don't know if I'm saying this right. I don't know if I've had, if I haven't formulated my head yet. And is it my responsibility to make sure that we all end up on the same page or is it okay to end a discussion with unanswered questions? You know, while CJ was talking, I, I, I did keep thinking about the conversation that we had, you know, whenever that was, my no sense of time, but <laughs> about, like, I think it makes some people in general uncomfortable to be around people that don't think the same. Mm -hmm. And and so I think just in human nature, we tend to gravitate towards people that think like us. Mm-hmm. And, and the negative side effect of that situation can sometimes be a, time, a place where 
people don't feel safe or comfortable asking those questions that seems like everybody else knows the answer to, but they don't know. They don't feel safe to ask that question because it feels very going against the grain. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so to come to where I'm going to make an assumption about where you're trying to go, as far as if you're in a class, if you're teaching it and, and somebody says something that's just kind of maybe a little bit, you don't agree with it or it's kind of off. Um, I think we need to be careful about making sure that the way we respond, whether as a, a participant in the lesson or as the teacher, is maintaining that safe place mm-hmm. for them to have a differing opinion. You know, you you made a comment about the proclamation to the family, and and that's true. You know, if you've if you've never if you don't have a close friend or family member that that identifies LGBTQ, and can understand that why that proclamation might be hurtful mm-hmm. or maybe you don't understand, but you understand that you, you have friends or family that are hurt by it. If, if that's not something that you've ever even been aware of, or you're not offended by it, it's easy to think, why would anybody else be offended by this at all? Right. This is a beautiful statement about families and eternity mm-hmm. when maybe that's not how it's received, you know, by right. somebody else. And, um, but I, I feel like when we make comment, I know for me personally, when I make a comment in a Relief Society or a Sunday School lesson, um, it is a little bit nerve wracking if I'm saying something that maybe is going to go against the grain of the vibe mm-hmm. in that class. It's nerve wracking because it's like, am I going to get validated or am I going to get rejected? Right. And I have to say, one of the things I've not done a whole lot of this recently, but one of the things I absolutely love about making comments in Sunday school and priesthood lessons is asking a question or making a comment that does go against the grain, because I think that it's it's valuable for us to, to discover w- what we think and why we think what we think. Um, I, I, I love the idea, going back to your first, um, the first thing you talked about, Nanette, with the the person who challenged your beliefs. I think it's valuable for all of us to challenge our beliefs. And um, so I guess there are two things that I'm thinking about with, with that idea. Number one, I th- and I don't have the, the quote pulled up because I didn't know, know I was going to reference it, but Elder Uchtdorf said something like, if we don't challenge our beliefs, then we won't know. I'm going to, I'm going to screw it up. So I just, I should just stop right there. But how can we know, how can we know the truth if we don't constantly challenge our beliefs? And maybe he didn't say that. I don't know. But the, so two questions really, um, how often do we challenge, how often should we challenge our beliefs? And how can we make that kind of an experience where we're challenging our, our beliefs, maybe challenging some of the things that are just presented as fact and um, how do we, how do we keep things a safe place for people to share their real thoughts, ideas, questions, issues, concerns. Uh, and, um, and continue to teach doctrine, keep the truth in there somewhere. Um. 
I heard it. I don't, I wish I could credit who said this and where I heard it, but um, probably on a podcast that I was listening to, but they're talking about if the church is true, why are we so afraid of people asking questions? Mm-hmm. Why are we so afraid when people challenge what we know to be true or what we believe or hope to be true? If it's true, let them be, we should be more comfortable letting, we should be more comfortable with the idea of people exploring and asking questions and challenging beliefs, because if it's true, they'll, they'll come back to it. Mm-hmm. If, if it's truth. I mean, and I believe that it's truth and we've had kids that have, you know, wanted to attend other churches and we have let them and we then get to talk about it. What, what did you like about it? What mm-hmm. didn't you like? What was the same? What was different? And try, we try to encourage all of our kids. I work with the youth. We try and encourage the youth to, to ask questions and because that's the only way that they're going to learn. I think we can get, it can get stagnant if mm-hmm. we're not, I'm constantly asking questions. I think I drive my family crazy because I have, am and always have been a challenger, constantly challenging, you know, but why, but why, and why do we do it this way? And sometimes my husband's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not mad about it. I just am trying to understand. I just don't know. Right. But I, and I understand that not everybody's like that. He's not a challenger. He's mm-hmm. not somebody, he's content to not ask questions. And I think sometimes those that are content in their, their knowledge and their testimony of the Savior and of this gospel, they don't understand those of us that aren't content to just accept. We're mm-hmm. challengers. We just have to ask lots of questions and constantly be like, okay, what about this? What about this? What about this? And I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way to do the gospel. I'm trying to th- Agree. Th- come up with the word, uh, the way to, to fit in the word irregardless, because Annette reminded me that there was an episode where I didn't say that. So, irregardless. I was irregardless. just about to. <laughs> Were you? Go ahead. I'll let you. <laughs> I'll let you take this I mean, one. irregardless of what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think there's a right way or wrong way to, to do the gospel. There are some people that have the gift of questions, and other people have the gift of faith. And I don't think that it's right to be one way over the other. Um, I think that it's, I think it's right to, to be true to ourselves. So CJ, your thought, are you a challenger or are you a, 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 a believer? I don't know if that's necessarily the, the opposite, but. <laughs> I, I probably uh, lean more to the, the believer side. Uh-huh. Um, but I've never had a lot of questions about the gospel. And, and if I do, it's not the core questions. Right. Now, I have had some uh, questions along the way about why, and, and I don't tend to share them publicly, but I'll, I'll talk with Heavenly Father about them. Mm-hmm. And he'll let me struggle through it and... When he feels the time is right, at least thus far in my life, he's whispered to me and said, this is the way, or this is why it's the way it is. Or sometimes he just says, it's because it's the way I want it. And and at least in my life, that has been enough for me 
Um, I do question a lot of things. I love to, when I read the scriptures, to, to look at uh, the different perspectives of, the, you know, the characters and the stories mm-hmm. and, and try to find something new that I hadn't thought of before. And I think that goes along with what we're talking about. You know, we don't want to just plod along in our spiritual life and not ask questions or not gain new insights. Um, I think Annette said something very key at the beginning of the episode, be kind. Um, you know, if you're in a situation where somebody raises questions or challenges something, the Lord would be kind to that individual or to me, if it's me, Mm -hmm. he would always be kind. And so I think we need to show that Christ-like love and compassion. If we have a situation where, uh, as a teacher or as a participant in a lesson, that we find ourselves with somebody, whether it's ourselves or somebody else, challenging uh, some of our, our doctrine or our beliefs. Yeah, I think the the uh, experience that I think a lot of us have is when, when something that we hold dear is challenged by somebody else, it does feel really uncomfortable. And um, I think about, so the situation that I was talking about with the individual who had the uh, the children who identified as a you know same sex attracted or whatever the, the way that he introduced his his concern or his question was uh, aggressive that's probably a, a good way to describe it well I don't think that and and there was somebody who had a very different experience who responded in an aggressive way well you just need to understand that. And it got it it got a little bit heated, and really was not the direction of the of the lesson. But it's it's interesting to me that in a situation like that, a lot of times, I th- I think I found myself trying to discover where do I land on this? How do I? How do I feel about this, and what what do I really think? There are a lot of things. We, th- I think, Annette and I were talking uh, several episodes ago about the difference between culture and doctrine. Um, I, and I think it was culture presented as doctrine versus doctrine. And uh, there, there are a lot of things I think that we tend to present as doctrine and it's culture um and some of those things we hold dear and some of those things uh, i don't know that we necessarily find any evidence in the scriptures that that is true doctrine so what do we do when we personally feel challenged so that we can make sure that that these situations or these conversations remain safe for the people that are really going through a a questioning period any, anything that, that either of you have done that has been successful or not successful that we can learn from? I've tried to separate out, I think Chris has said it beautifully the other week, about separating the person and the behavior or the action or whatever. Mm-hmm. So to separate out what is it they're saying, to separate that from them as a person. Like mm. somebody says, 
I don't, I don't believe it's possible for Joseph Smith to have done everything that he did by the time he was 34. That just doesn't even seem possible. You know, like I'm 16 or I'm 17 now and I'm, there's no way I could have done something like that. Um, to not take personal offense at that. Maybe they don't know or have a testimony or maybe that Joseph Smith was a prophet. Maybe they're still trying to reconcile that although Joseph Smith was a prophet, he wasn't perfect Mm -hmm. and he was human and he made mistakes. If we can separate that out and not equate the two of, you know, asking a question does not mean that you're in a faith crisis. Asking a question doesn't mean you're challenging your, the, that, somebody else's beliefs. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if one of my kids or, you know, one of my friends comes and says, you know, asks me a question about polygamy, you know, and I don't know how I feel about this. I, I try and just keep it separate of like, let's talk about the question. It doesn't, it's not a reflection of my own testimony. It's not a reflection of the church. It's not a reflection of how anybody feels about the church. It's just simply trying to gain understanding. And maybe that's because I am a questioner. Mm-hmm that I often do find myself just picking things apart that, that my husband has never even thought about and they're not troublesome items for him. So keeping in mind that not everybody thinks the same way we do. Right. So I'm going to ask you a different question. Go Go ahead. Well, I think also there's, there's the right time and the right place to have these types of conversations. Mm Mm-hmm. And sometimes a lesson would be the perfect place to discuss it as a group, uh, depending on who you're with. And and there's no set rules about that. But sometimes it might be better to say to the individual, hey, that's a great question. Let me do some research and let's, you know, let's get together sometime one on one and and let's talk about it. And and there's nothing wrong with doing that either and separating if you think it's going to get to a heated situation in a classroom setting or be a disturbing conversation to have not that we should shy away from tough conversations but if you think it's going to be detrimental then you know simply not ignoring it let's say let's let's talk about that uh, at a later time and do it that way although i think you could have some great conversations uh, in a classroom setting with some of these challenging questions and I think that maybe some of the other participants in the class might have some insights and thoughts that uh, you as an instructor or you as a fellow participant might not. And, and everybody can be enlightened. Yeah, I'm thinking about the the conversation, the way that we've that we've taken it. What if, and I'm trying to think of a time, if there's been a time where I had a a question that was or an insight or a thought that was uh, out of the norm. And how do people, how did, I'm trying to think of a time and how did people respond to me? And I'm not sure that I'm coming up with with anything. But when we have a situation like that, where we are, where there's something that is a, a true concern or true uh, question that somebody's struggling with. What are some things that we can do? Because we can't always rely on a teacher to, to do something that's, because sometimes they'll shut down a conversation or they'll um, uh, 
they may re- respond with a simple answer that that may be uh, we're not going to address that or we're not going to um, entertain that type of comment. Um, so when you have a situation like what I described in our sacrament meeting, where somebody raised something that that was super charged, you've got people on both sides of the request to wear masks and be vaccinated. How should, and sacred meeting is a different situation because it's not, there's not a forum really for people to get up and, and uh, comment on that. But suppose something like that happened in a class. How do you, how do you protect the, um, the integrity of the doctrine at the same time, protect the individual who is um, really burying their soul, maybe, to share some thoughts or concerns that they have. I think CJ made a great point when he said that it's okay to say, you know, that's a great question, let me do some research. Because a lot of times people look at, maybe you can, and say, he knows everything, Ouch. right? Which he has true. all the answers. Or a youth might look at their teacher and just think like, I have so many questions and they just know all the answers. So we don't, like, we don't. Ken does not know everything. That's true. Despite what he says. Uh, <laughs> I don't say it all the time. I just <laughs> like to think it most of the time. But I think it's a good reminder to that, we don't have all of the answers and sometimes we do have to do a little bit of research and sometimes you know a a good response might be depending on on where the spirit is taking you would be that's a great comment or that's a great question is this something that we'd all like to discuss more Hmm. and and then maybe have a follow-up lesson on that particular topic or um maybe the, the lesson takes a completely different turn. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes as teachers, we we get frustrated when the lesson goes off the rails a little bit, and mm-hmm. then we don't we don't get all of our quotes in that we wanted to say or all the things that we wanted to share. But I've been in some amazing lessons where it it kind of just went off topic and turned into something that was really beautiful. Yeah. I would love to have a discussion at some point about what do you do if you're in a lesson that goes off the rails. And uh, <laughs> I've learned I have to be really careful because there are people who will listen to this and say, I know he's talking about me. And that's not true because I'm not talking about anybody in particular most of the time, except CJ. I do talk about him quite a bit. Sorry, CJ. <laughs> well, it's, it's understandable. I, I think in situations like that, that's where, as hopefully as a teacher, you have the power of discernment mm-hmm. um, because you want to discern whether uh, somebody is being like CJ and Ken and bringing up a topic to see how far we can disrail a, a lesson just for our own. <laughs> You're giving away my what? secrets. Never. Never. No. <laughs> uh, or if it's a real serious question and, you know, you're. I think in today's world right now, if we were to have a discussion and a lesson about masks and vaccines, you know, that might be a right time to shut it down. Not because it's not something that would would be interesting to talk about, but it's so heated on both sides Mm -hmm. that uh, that maybe it's just we have to remember that the spirit of contention is of the devil. 
And if we can't have a conversation in a, in a lesson, or even if, you know, amongst friends mm -hmm. that, that can stay civil, then the spirit can't be there to teach us. True. And that's really what we have to focus on is, is how as a teacher or as a participant, how can I make sure that the spirit stays so that we can be taught truth? Mm -hmm. And, and that should be our number one priority. And, and so we need to be careful about situations, but I agree. I, some of the, the lessons that go off the rails are fantastic. And I think I, I love your, your quoting the, 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 uh, the, the spirit of contention is of the devil. I think a lot of times though, I, I forget that contention is not the same thing as disagreement. I think we can disagree and not be contentious. I think there can be, um, I was going to say conflict. I don't know if that's the right word, but I think we can I, have. Do you mean tension? There's a difference between tension and contention. True. So talk a little bit more about that. Well, you know, tension is not the same as contention. Okay, that was a perfect explanation. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. No, I think I think you're right that there there may be a topic that we are uncomfortable with. And um so we don't we don't breach it. We don't discuss it. We don't raise it in our in our lessons. Well, I don't I I think there are some people because I feel like I'm among those that would bring those topics up. Mm -hmm. Um just to maybe open those doors just a little bit, but yeah, no. So like, I'm trying to see if I can put what's in my brain into my words that are coming out of my mouth about tension and contention, but contention is like, you know, you're arguing, you're fighting, you're, you're right. And the other person is wrong mm -hmm. and you have to make sure you each know that. But I think tension is just maybe two people that don't necessarily agree, but are willing to consider that they might be wrong or at least listen to the other person's viewpoint without mm -hmm. completely just shutting it down. But they don't have to necessarily agree. Right. They don't have to say, you're right and I'm wrong, or I'm right and you're wrong. And they can walk away from it. We have so many hot topics in the church, just, you know, that that are now on the political forefront. I mean, you can just walk into any classroom and say masks or vaccines <laughs> or, you know, I could think of five others, but I won't that say least, them because yeah, they're a little you. bit more contentious. We're going to have to um, beep those out. And you could have a very contentious discussion, but like the, the conversation that I mentioned at the beginning about me making my statement, which was made a hundred percent in frustration there was, it was a, a little bit of tension in that moment, but it wasn't negative at all. It was mm -hmm. just like, I made a statement, a counter opposing statement was made and, and I chose not to get upset or offended by it. I, I chose to look inward and mm -hmm. think about, okay, why do I think that? Why did I say that that way? And and then we were able to continue and have a very good conversation, although we maybe didn't agree. Right. It's not like he, he didn't, they didn't change my mind. I didn't change their mind, but they could see my point and I could see their point. And I don't think, I think we have to agree. I think that's more what tension is. I think we don't have to agree. 
I think the the um, at the crux of it is that there was some curiosity, and there were some questions asked about why do you think that why do you feel that way, and it the way you tell the story, anyways, sounds to me like there was some genuine curiosity about why do you have the opinion that you have, and I think that is where we can start to uh, to learn to grow to to accept somebody else's uh, experience as being a valid experience for them, uh, even if it's different from what we've experienced or where where we are ourselves personally. Yeah, well, and I was even questioning my own self. Mm -hmm. I was like, wait, why do I feel that way right now? You know, right. and I was frustrated because... I think at that time, dad, mom wasn't able to go in to uh -huh. the facility to see dad. And I was especially frustrated, you know, so I was like, okay, well, I don't always feel that way. But right now, it, I mean, like I said, I'm a questioner. So, and I, I question myself just as much as I question, you know, everything else. And I think in our responses to, to challenging questions, it, it comes down to respect and love. Do we respect people's right to have their own opinion? And do we respect them as individuals? And hopefully we're having Christ-like love for others and recognizing that their opinions, although different than ours, mm -hmm. are just as valid to them as ours are to us. Right. And we should, we should love and respect them as fellow brothers and sisters of our Heavenly Father. Children of our Heavenly Father, I guess, yeah. is another way to put it. There's a scripture that, that has been crossing through my mind uh, quite a bit over the last several days. It's First uh, Nephi 10 17, where Nephi has heard from Lehi about the vision that Lehi saw. And Nephi, of course, believes everything that his father said, but he says that he wants to see and hear and know the same things that his father saw. And I used to ask the question that... Uh, <laughs> What was Nephi's problem that having faith that his father had this vision wasn't enough? And, I, and I've grown to un understand that verse differently because I think we have to have the experience ourselves. We the fact that Annette has had this understanding about, about vaccines and masks doesn't necessarily help me until I can learn and grow myself and come to a conclusion on my own. And the fact that CJ has had his experience with whatever, the accepting his his life as it is, like we talked about last week, doesn't necessarily help me accept my life until I can have have my own experience. And I think um, I think that's where a lot of my thoughts have been that not only do we need to have the experience ourselves, we need to learn, grow, develop ourselves. We need to, to gain that inside ourselves. But on the flip side, we need to have that grace. We need to have that, that uh, patience and understanding. When somebody else is in the middle of their process, maybe it's a process that, that we've completed or that we're farther, I don't want to say farther along, we're in a different place in our process than somebody else is. And a lot of times I find myself being critical of somebody else because they're not where I am 
they don't have the same understanding. They don't have the same uh, foundation or whatever. And that that scripture to me, I think, has become meaningful in that not only do I have to give myself a little bit of leeway as I'm going through that process for myself, but I need to make sure that I'm doing the same thing for other people. As they're having their see and hear and know experience in discovering where their where their faith lies. Does that make sense? Am I just saying words that <laughs> does that make any sense at all? I think it does in a lot of ways, but we need to be careful to understand that that we can't always have the same experiences as somebody else. Um, That's true. You will take my blindness, for example. I mean, the two of you could go out and, you know, grab a stick and, and blindfold yourselves. And, and yeah, you get a little taste of it. But guess what? You know, if you get yourself in a tough spot, you can take the blindfold off and voila, everything's better. That's right. uh, or if we were that's to go not home. my experience. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. People pushing you into walls and stuff. Blind bowling, by the way, is an absolute riot for everybody else watching. <laughs> it's not quite as the same experience for the person who's actually bowling, but CJ and I have gone blind bowling more than once with several different groups. Super fun. It's fun, but. You know, so you put yourself, and I ain't going to take the blindness out of it, but you put yourself in a situation where somebody has a child that uh, struggles with same-sex attraction or, you know, whatever you may call it. Mm -hmm. You can empathize with that individual, and you can certainly hope to see things from their perspective, but, but you can't really walk in their shoes. Only the Savior can do that. True. And so I think we need to be careful in in saying, well, I just need to have that experience and then I'll know. Um, even if we have the same experiences, you know, our, our two experiences, although very similar, may be different in how we interpret and how we feel about them. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. And I think that's where having some of that, some of that, um, I, I don't know what other word to use than grace, just having some of that grace for ourselves and having some of that grace for other people as we go through our process, as other people go through their experience, trying to discover where where they land. Any final comments or thoughts from you, Annette? I I think those those are some great points. Just a good reminder to remember that the people that we're interacting with on a day to day basis are not on the same point in their journey as we are. We're all on our own journey. And they may be, you know, metaphorically ahead of us in some places and behind us in other places. Mm -hmm. And if we can keep those, those Sunday classes and youth classes and Relief Society and priesthood safe places to ask questions that maybe we're genuinely curious about or concerned about and, and keep those safe places, mm -hmm. um, I think that we'll see an amazing change in some of some of those meetings to where we're giving people more grace and just being kind. I think CJ and said we should just be kind. Just be kind and love people. <laughs> One of the things I love about what you just said, Annette, is that, um, and I'm going to say it a little bit differently, but I'll bring it back to what you said. 
I think sometimes it's easy for me to think of my path to perfection is a, is a line and I'm either in front of you or I'm behind you. And I love that you pointed out that I may be in front of you in some areas and behind you in other areas. I don't think it's a line. I think it's a progression. And I don't know that there's a graphical way to look at that. But where I am and where you are on a specific issue may not be the same. And um, different just isn't bad. It's just different. And I like that we can um, learn from each other. It doesn't mean we have to agree. And it's still okay. It, we're still, like CJ said, we're still brothers and sisters in Christ. We're still children of, of loving heavenly parents who want the best for us. So any final thoughts, CJ? Just to allow people to to express themselves, you know, I, I completely agree with with Annette that to allow people to express themselves in a safe setting. Not only will it be a great lesson, and the spirit will be there. Mm-hmm. It can be a lot of uh, extremely educational. It can be spiritual, and it can be entertaining. And, and allow those questions to come out, and and allow people to to answer them, hopefully in the right spirit, and and to have a discussion about it. And you know, maybe you start off thinking one way about the question, and by the end of the discussion, you've you've kind of changed sides and you've seen a different perspective. And isn't that what we're all supposed to be here on earth to do? Yeah, I think so. Is to learn and grow from each other and to kind of figure out. And just because I thought a certain way 10 years ago is not necessarily the right way. And maybe I need to change and, and adjust my thinking, you know, all the way through to the end of my life. Mm -hmm. I like that. I think we, I think there are a couple of things that, that have been raised that I would love to have deeper discussions on, uh, including um, making sure that, that we are creating in our personal lives, in our Sunday lessons, and et cetera, keep make, making sure that we're creating safe places for other people to have their own uh, learning growth experiences. So we'll, uh, you can expect to hear probably from us on that at some point in the future. And maybe we'll talk about uh, more ways that CJ and I uh, entertained ourselves during Sunday school, which was great, <laughs> great fun. But in the meantime, thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to Chocolate Cake Bites. Please like, share, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas, and you can reach out to me at ken at chocolatecakebites.com. And before you end the day, take a few minutes to consider, who do you know who needs chocolate cake? <laughs>